0: Welcome to the Brennis Female. I'm Ava Hartling, founder and host of this podcast. I created The Brennis Female so that powerful women could share their journey to unlocking their own potential, to empower others and to inspire change. This week, my guest is Ruby Brown, the founder of Ruby Brown Perfume House. Ruby, who is based in Montreal, fell in love with perfume when she was working as a model in Paris and visited the town of Grasse. After studying the art of perfumery and coming back home to take entrepreneurship classes, she decided to launch her own company back in 2012, first by offering custom perfume workshops and eventually creating her own branded products. Ruby has since partnered with Simons, Tristan and other large retail brands for product collaborations which include scented candles, custom made perfumes and more. The future definitely looks and smells rosy for Ruby. Here's my conversation with Ruby Brown.
1: So my name is Ruby Brown and I'm the founder of Ruby Brown Montreal Perfume House. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. And before we get into all of the, the recent projects and what's happening with the company, I want to go back to the beginning, to young Ruby growing up. I want to hear about your dreams and aspirations. And did you ever think at that time you would be having a career in the beauty industry at some hmm. point?
1: Wow. Well, um, I started in the fashion industry back when I was 15 years old, and I worked as a model for almost a decade. Wow. So I became an entrepreneur in some some... Very young at a very young age, and uh, I always knew that I needed a plan B, Mm -hmm. a plan B, Mm -hmm. uh, because I had seen so many models uh, retiring at the age of twenty-five and not having a plan B. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think the entrepreneurship was always somewhere in my in my career. It was always part of my DNA, and I always knew that I was gonna end up having a business Mm -hmm. somehow related Mm -hmm. to the industry, to the fashion industry.
0: And tell me about um, your interest in beauty. Um, when you were 15 and modeling, obviously mm. the focus was a little bit more fashion, mm-hmm. but were you already attracted to the idea of perfume specifically or beauty products in general? How did that passion come about?
1: Well, I was always passionate about scent, mm. scent in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really is in Paris that I discovered that I was immersed in the world of, of, of perfumery, of uh, fragrances. Right. But the mm-hmm. a ah, ah moment really happened when I visited Grasse, Grasse, mm-hmm. which is the capital of perfume in South of France. And I knew right there and then that there was so much um, savoir faire uh, around the perfume industry that I knew that I was going to bring it back to Canada, Mm. uh, which I did back in uh, 2011. I moved back to Montreal because I was based in Paris as a model. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I moved back to Montreal, I started not long ago uh, my first business, Essence Workshop. Mm -hmm. And tell me about the idea of starting a company.
0: Was there somebody in your life, and I know your partner today is obviously uh, in in the world of business. A great entrepreneur, yeah. Maybe when you were younger, did you have any role models or entrepreneurs mm-hmm. around you that kind of gave you the idea that it was possible to have your own business?
1: Well, being a model, you're surrounded by young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We were sort of all entrepreneurs at a very young age, uh, my, my girlfriend, models, and I. And uh, I was always surrounded by... Extremely inspiring women, mm-hmm. especially women. And uh, my mom to start with. I know it's pretty yeah. cliche, but my mom is like that super super woman that raised both my sister and I mm. alone while attending university, becoming a te- became a teacher. Uh, just super inspiring, and she's the mm-hmm. one that taught me to persevere in life and mm-hmm. taught me pretty much everything that I am today. Uh, so I was always surrounded by by very inspiring and strong women. Mm. Now that's amazing. And now today. Uh, uh, my partner, my boyfriend, Richard Spear, is also a great entrepreneur. So yeah. really, we very we complement each other. Mm-hmm. We understand and support each other which uh, helps us to balance everything out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have a few questions on that too. Um, when you started the business, was it something that just came to you as an inspiration and you just went for it? Was it you know a business plan that you worked on for a long time?
1: Um, so I'm not, there's a distancing, distinction between a, being a perfumer and being an entrepreneur. Yes. So I consider myself an entrepreneur in the perfume industry right, and the it. Art of Eve industry. Yep. I am not a perfumer because I'm not a chemist, so okay. I hire chemist who right. works with me, who are part of my teams, but I'm an entrepreneur in the in the perfume industry. Mm-hmm. And um, and I knew, as I said, when I visited Grasse, I was like, okay, so much is happening here. Mm-hmm. There, there was not much happening in Canada back then. I'm talking about more than 10 years ago. We didn't have yeah. all the niche brands that Absolutely. we have today. Yeah. Uh, Annie Goutal, Artisan Parfumeur, mm. uh, Tom Ford didn't exist back then. Mm-hmm. So I really saw an opportunity of bringing back this savoir-faire mm. and that mystery around the the perfume industry and uh, I started I didn't have much money I didn't have the financial support to be to launch a perfume line and be on a shelf next to L'Oréal and LVMH so I started with uh, my workshops Mm -hmm. Essence workshop which was my first which was my first business and we were, I was one if not the, the first uh, to offer a personalized made to measure service where people can come and create their very own fragrance. Mm. This is how it all started 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's amazing and you've
0: grown since then. Um, You mentioned, you know, some of the big players that really rule the market when it comes to beauty and scents and perfume, specifically. Um, When you looked at the opportunities in the market, did you think, you know, it's impossible to go head to head with a big player like a L'Oréal or one of the large groups? Or did you see an opportunity because you are an entrepreneur and a niche brand, as you're as you're saying?
1: Well, we always did things differently because I didn't have any money. I mm-hmm. was always more creative and more. I, I always did more with my money. So, uh, and I always had a niche approach. So now it has become very popular to be niche yeah. and to be like a, sort of an underground unisex brand. But yeah. we were always a uh, underground <laughs> unisex brand. Uh, right. So it sort of like forced us, uh, forced me to do things differently, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and I, I, I knew that I would find my niche in that, uh, in that market, which we did. Mm-hmm.
0: And you've had some amazing projects um, in the past few years. You have a line out with Simons now. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done sev- you know, sev- several projects, uh, basically creating scents for mm-hmm. other brands or companies. So how did you go from just starting the workshops to having that exposure and working with, uh, with larger companies who entrust you with creating a scent for them?
1: So basically, my, my company and my brand evolved with opportunities. I started from scratch, did started with the workshops, and uh, about a, a year after I started the workshops uh, where people could create their perfume, uh, first brand approached me to ask me to to create their own perfume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my first project for Jouvence, and then from there on, we did Tristan, we now do Simons, uh, we do the candles for Le Cercle du Soleil, luxury retreats, mm-hmm. uh, amenity products for Le Germain Hotels, uh, lots of Great collaborations, but it really evolves with with we evolved with opportunities. We right. started with the workshops. Now the workshops are only five percent of our revenues. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah. We still do it. It was our core business back then, but yeah. we still do it because I absolutely love it, mm-hmm. and it's uh, my contact with the clients, and um, I still love doing the workshops. But uh yeah, a big part of our business became uh, the the. Private label, if we can say it, yeah. uh, private label projects, but we always sign our projects. So it's signing by Ruby always, Brown, yeah. Serre Soleil by Ruby Brown, which is great because it supports the new aspect of my business, which is the Ruby Brown brand. Right, right. So I launched the brand back in 2016, mm-hmm. um, and that was a whole new. Thing uh, we had been creating thousands of candles and perfumes for others, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided to launch my very own brand. And uh, I'm um, very pleased with the result. Only three years later, uh, we still do great collaboration, but we also have a, an online boutique that's working really well. And um, yeah. Congratulations. It's a, it's a journey. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I love seeing, uh, I was at a friend's house on a weekend and she had like the Ruby Round s- soap pump ah, in the nice, washroom and the hand nice, lotion. It's like, yeah,
1: oh. <laughs> yeah. The packaging is really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It really is part of our differentiation. So mm. there's three aspects that really. Different, uh, how do you say the qui différencie? Yeah, differentiate. So uh, we're a luxury brand made in Canada. Yeah. So we associate luxury with France or Italy exactly. or you know yeah. Europe, but we were one of the first ones to say, hey, we can do this in Canada. Mm-hmm. So it took years mm-hmm. to bring our suppliers to be able to to do some some luxury goods, mm-hmm. uh, but we're very proud that all of our products are made in Canada. And uh, we, uh, the, the we, we differentiate ourselves by her perfumes. Right. Our perfumes are always very unique, mm-hmm. uh, elaborated with no gender, no age, mm. uh, and they're very Special, if you know our brand, yeah. you know that are, are they're very uh, signature,
0: very unique, yeah, very
1: unique. Mm-hmm. And the third aspect is our packaging. Okay. So we travel the world, we are the cutting edge of our field when it comes to packaging. Uh, everything is developed with ecological awareness, Great. and uh, yeah, we try to differentiate ourselves in at many levels. Mm.
0: Um, you speak about um, getting your suppliers to be able to deliver product that's at the level of a luxury brand tell me about when you started the brand or when you started going to your suppliers first being a young woman Mm -hmm. at the helm of your company Mm -hmm. did you ever encounter friction or did you ever encounter somebody telling you that's not possible that's not going to be made because you are a trailblazer um, as you said in terms of a Canadian line, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're mm-hmm. based in Montreal, positioning your product at the level of the French brands, mm-hmm. the American brands, the European brands who are really the leaders in that category. So Tommy, me about that experience trying to work with suppliers. And
1: well, of course there are obstacles, there's always obstacles, but uh, I think we're extremely privileged here in Quebec, in Canada in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of resources, uh, I did I did pretty much everything, Le de Beauce, les faits, allez, I always had had. Great, uh, great resources Just great and support great support, yeah. and um, and I think it's it's possible to launch a crazy idea here in Canada mm. because we don't have those barriers of uh, mm. uh, you're a woman you can't do this. I don't think it exists anymore right. here in Canada, so yeah. I think we're extremely privileged. Are there obstacles? Yes, of course, like in anything else. Yeah, but I never encountered someone that says. T- that said to me, I'm sorry, uh, this is not possible. And uh, and if they did, if they did, I was just moving on to the next uh, to the next thing because right. I have no other option. I, I knew exactly what I wanted, so mm. so I was just moving on to the next thing uh, right. if it was not possible. And and the suppliers that I work with today have been with me for the last uh, for for the last five six years.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Tell me about finding inspiration. And you've talked about, and I, I find it really interesting, the difference between being a perfumer, being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in the field of, mm-hmm. you know, scent and, and mm-hmm. beauty. Um, but I'm I'm sure, you know, the company bears your name. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're very involved in working with your perfumer and selecting scents and so on. So what keeps you inspired on a daily basis? Or what are your sources of inspiration?
1: Everything. Everything. I mean, uh, I travel a lot, as much as I can. I try to go to Grasse every every year. Okay. Um I'm inspired by women around me, by colors, by art. Uh, we're both we both share a passion for art. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are parallels between the beauty and the cosmetics industry uh f- with art and and yes. and wine and I drink way too much wine because I put <laughs> it on the <laughs> on the counter of work but uh but I get I trigger my inspiration from from everyday life uh, right. from from fashion uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have a fashion approach to the beauty industry
0: right
1: um so yeah I think it's a it's a whole um
0: Tell me about your, and I'm I'm somebody, I absolutely love scents and perfumes mm. and I'm obsessed. Like I would have a whole collection, that I have a whole collection of them. I buy way too many scents, especially when I travel. Tell me about your, the personal relationship you have with your scent and your perfume. And I'm curious to know, do you have one signature perfume that you wear every day or do you switch them up also knowing that you have access to your whole library of scents?
1: It's funny because when I started the workshop, uh, the Made to Measure Perfume Workshop, it's because I couldn't find anything.
0: One of the reasons was also
1: because I couldn't find anything that suited me. I always preferred men's cologne, but yet it was a little bit too strong. So I was like sort of in between, but I couldn't recognize myself in the pink bottles with the glitter and Mm. the Mm -hmm. vanilla scent. So um, I'm a Chypre. There's different olfactory families. uh, There's seven of them, basically, Um, and one of them is called the Chypre. Chypre, inspired from Cypress Island. Okay. So it's very aromatic, green, earthy. Mm. Uh, so these are my types of, uh, of fragrances, my types of perfumes. Mm. Uh, but I try not to wear perfume when I'm working mm-hmm. because uh, you want to have sort of a virgin canva. Yeah. And you can, it's a possibility that you you see me and I smell something funny because when I'm working on a fragrance, when we're working on a product, I will try all the samples yeah, before it's the actual, the, the results that we're looking for. So right. it's it's a possibility that I smell like a <laughs> potpourri, <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it's the process of... Uh, <laughs> It's a work in progress. Exactly, it's basically. a work in progress, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: And do you think women should have their signature scent or are you the school of thought that we should explore and experiment and have different scents? Oh, uh, I think I think perfume is
1: such a powerful tool and mm-hmm. I think it's a communica- communication tool yeah. also. Uh, perfume projects the the projects what you are yeah. well, your your state of mind before you even start talking before uh, mm. just like what you're wearing basically you you project something mm-hmm. uh, and i if there's one place where you can be a fidel it's in it's in perfumery so mm. i i truly i'm a strong believer of uh, having a, a library of fragrance and adapting it depending on your your state of mind it's normal to wear the same fragrance on a monday morning right than on a friday night i like uh, that yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: i like the idea of cheating with your perfume exactly
1: <laughs> Infidel. fidel yeah. Mm. yeah yeah
0: that's a good concept. Um,
1: it's an actual concept that I'm working on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's oh, that idea. Cool. Yeah, 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 that mm. idea that we we've, we've been working on for a, a little while now. Oh, I
0: can't wait to hear about yeah. that. That sounds yeah. really interesting. Um, you obviously work with a team and you have suppliers. Tell me about your vision for leadership, and what kind of leader are you with your team?
1: What kind of leader am I? That's a good question. I don't know. We'd have to ask them, but I think <laughs> uh, I'm all about teamwork. I mean, uh, I'm all I don't believe I, in micromanagement. Mm-hmm. I try not to micromanage as much as possible. But truth is, when it's when everything goes wrong, if you're a good leader, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So
1: so yeah, it's sure. about it's about uh, gathering people to believe in your vision mm-hmm. and to do their best. And uh, but if, if if it fails, if it doesn't work uh, as a leader, you have to recognize your 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 fault. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, your so I
1: think uh, your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Thank you is the word that I was looking for. So so yeah, I think that's what being a great leader is uh, is all about. Mm-hmm. And
0: do you believe in giving back to the next generation and kind of mentoring? you know, younger younger women or younger men who are interested in following in your footsteps?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, my first advice would be go to school. Mm-hmm. then my second would be go to school <laughs> and then make sure to go to school again and as long as possible yeah. uh, because education is the key. Uh, I don't mentor that much but mm-hmm. I, I am so happy to welcome people at my office and, mm-hmm. and have a cup of coffee and just talk about my journey and mm-hmm. and my ups and downs uh, but I don't do as, uh, not, as official a, not official yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah I have people over almost every week that are coming for for coffee young women or young men that are looking to launch something in the related
0: and there's not there's not that many entrepreneurs in you know in quebec and canada who are at the helm of a beauty Mm -hmm. brand so Mm -hmm. you'd be a great
1: resource Mm -hmm. for anyone looking
0: to to get inspired or get absolutely we
1: don't have we don't have that figure just like we Mm -hmm. had lise watier back then or so yeah i think there's a great space to be taken there
0: Mm -hmm. um I'm curious to know about your approach and instrument. It's interesting because you come from a fashion background. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a model for several years. Um, what's your approach to social media? And you know, you're both representing your brand obviously, and thinking about the strategy for visibility for the brand Ruby Brown. But then there's also Ruby the individual. How do you find balance between you know what you share on social media? How you know how much is too much how much is just enough
1: well i don't know if you follow me on the ruby brown fragrance but Thank i don't you. share a lot yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't share a lot and shame on me i should do more but uh, there's a thin line between the women and the brand mm-hmm. uh, so i try to find a, a, an equilibre mm-hmm. between the two Uh, But truth is, um, uh, uh, posting and sharing interesting content on social media is a full-time job. And it's such an expertise. And uh, I'm part of that generation. I'm 33 years old, so I'm supposed to be, like, part of the... but I'm not, yeah. and uh, I'm trying to get on top of my game, but it's not working, so uh, <laughs> so I just think it's so time-consuming, and I have so much respect for the brands that uh, that, that share um, uh, authentic and, mm-hmm. and great content, because now it's very easy to just hire uh, someone that will do it for you and post yeah. bottles with a special of the week and stuff like that, but it's a... It's a um, uh, how do you say, say on the feed, the, to stay authentic and, and it's, a to, it's a challenge to stay authentic and to share interesting content. So I do it really when I feel like it, yeah. uh, but I have the intention of doing it more in the next yeah. year and maybe uh, the brownies female will help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have a chat. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a challenge for many entrepreneurs mm. is finding that, you know, that line between mm. authenticity and not spending all their time basically mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, social. Mm-hmm, and it's also hard to entrust somebody else with mm-hmm, the, the managing a conversation mm-hmm, for a brand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, talking about, so we talked about that fine line about balance, I wanna talk about balance and that's mm-hmm. always my favorite question uh. to ask. And recently on a panel, um, somebody actually, I, I was really glad she gave me that, that Answer. She said balance is probably one of the worst words that's been placed on women <laughs> today. Why are we obsessed with balance? It does not exist. So you're a new mom, you run your business, um, you know, you have a party. you have a busy life. How do you, and I'll phrase it differently, how do you stay grounded?
1: oh, wow, how do I stay grounded? Well, I have a 15-month-old, mm-hmm. so she keeps me grounded every night. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Uh, yeah, I feel really grounded mm-hmm. um, when I get home at night. And uh, the fact that I'm dating an entrepreneur also is is we have our own balance, which mm-hmm. is a crazy balance, but, I mean, it's our own, and we love it, and we embrace it. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I was dating a guy that was working on a 9-to-5 regular mm-hmm. job, it would be different, and you think I'd be crazy. But uh, yeah. but we really support and, and find our own balance um being both entrepreneurs and mm. uh, and my baby is just uh, she's just great and she keeps me grounded mm.
0: And do you feel that pressure of you know being great at everything, being a good boss, a good entrepreneur, and then getting home, spending enough time with your daughter and being a great mom, being a great partner yeah, to yeah. your boyfriend and so on?
1: I try not to feel guilty mm-hmm. uh, because it's just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, and I just try to be the best possible, my best possible self every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that, that short thing, be the, be, it's like a BB, BBF, uh, S. Anyways, it's like be the best possible. Be oh be yeah, 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 Self yeah, every yes, day, and so yourself, so yeah, mm-hmm. the best version of yourself. So I try to I try to apply that as much as I can, okay. and uh, as much as I can, and, and and truth is, you can't do it all. So you just yeah. you just do your best. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there one thing you wish women would do
1: more of? Um, take credit. Mm-hmm. Take credit for their accomplishment, for their work. For uh, uh, I think it's very new now that we we accept that we're good. We uh, we are looking for recognition and uh, stop giving credit to other people. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's not me. Oh no, stop it. Yeah. Oh no, you know. Yeah, it was. And a team. Uh, <laughs> exactly, and I try to work on that myself. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think uh, the young generation, the generation behind us, is uh, is being more um are taking more credit for for who right. they are and what they're accomplish I was just hearing uh, Bianca uh on yep. the rescu, yep. who, and she was like uh, yeah I worked so hard for this for this uh this title and I'm looking forward to the to the next round mm-hmm. and we're looking forward to this year and she was not diminishing her accomplishment right, and I yeah. think that's very important yeah
0: yeah I think that's a healthy approach mm-hmm. Is there a book that you read at some point or maybe it's on your nightstand now mm. that's marked your influence or maybe a book that you find yourself going back to?
1: Well, obviously, the book Le Parfum. The yes. Livre, Le Parfum, uh, which, was Susskind, which was Patrick Suskind, which was, the movie was also fantastic. Yes, it's yes. rare to have a great it's book true. and a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first approach, my first yeah. immersion in the perfume world. Uh, recently, I watched, was, what was it, like two or three years ago, that movie called Joy. Oh, yes. my God, that, yes. uh, that oh, inventor, that entrepreneur. inventor, yeah. uh, entrepreneur, woman, yeah. Joy, uh, interpreted by uh, Jennifer Lawrence, mm. uh, Imo Chaviri, ce film mm. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, now true. on my nightstand, well, I have uh, baby books. <laughs> 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 I read uh, I read lots uh. of stories. And um, it's funny, There's that uh, we received that amazing gift when she was born at her at baby shower. It's uh, all these strong women. So we have, I'm reading Frida Kahlo. The
0: series. Yeah, the series, exactly, exactly. Exactly.
1: So we're reading Frida Kahlo, which is my favorite, Um, Marie Curie, Marie Curie, we just read Marie Curie yesterday, and um, tonight we're doing Audrey Hepburn. Uh, So they're they're amazing little books of Mm. inspiring women, and uh, that's what I'm reading to my daughters.
0: I actually love discovering children's books, and I was having that conversation with somebody on a podcast about how sometimes there's so much wisdom in children's Mm -hmm. books, Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine had this book, she has a young daughter as well, and she was reading this story, it's, you know, the prince and the princess, except the ending is basically the princess telling the prince off oh, because wow. he gave her like a nasty comment about what she was good wearing and she's her. like wow. And how the
1: book ends. wow good <laughs> so for it's, her it's interesting wow. that you know you can see that it's changing yeah. and that our daughters will not be ta- uh, told the Stuck same the stories same, yeah, that uh we were parents. told yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Good. Um, And speaking about feminism, Mm. do you consider yourself a feminist? And I'd be curious to get your definition of feminism.
1: Of course. Uh, Of course, I consider myself a feminist. Uh, And I hope to be surrounded by only feminists because for me, and I mean, it's pretty clear in a dictionary, being a feminist is about... Uh, considering women you're equal, mm-hmm. uh, it's about having the same opportunity and it's about uh, it's about equality basically nothing mm-hmm. else being a feminist doesn't mean that you're burning your bra on a Saturday or at a, at a March it's just about equality mm-hmm. so my, my boyfriend is a feminist mm-hmm. uh, but all my friends are feminist mm-hmm. and uh, I consider myself a feminist also yeah
0: mm-hmm. great what's next for Ruby Brown the brand?
1: Wow, so much, so much. Um, hopefully, global distribution, mm-hmm. uh, but we're trying to find a way to do it differently because uh, we have an online approach, which is pretty different instead of being in a, in an actual store. So, um, going to e commerce, go- going basically. to exactly, exactly, with a global approach mm. and uh, always launching those very niche, unique products. Um, an amazing collaboration. So we just launched a, the um, full line of amenity products for les Germain hotels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so that's that was completely new for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, shampoo conditioner, cream, uh, shower gel, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our core is perfume and um, and scented candles. So that's right. a whole new. Um, division, a whole new range, a right? whole new range and uh, I think it can it can travel and it can uh, mm. it can expand a lot. So uh, in the very near future, I'm hoping to really boom online and uh, and and work with the uh, amazing clients and mm. develop those collaborations.
0: That's great. And if we could fast forward in time, ten or fifteen years from now, looking back, what's the one thing you'll be the most proud
1: of? You think? Um. Doing it on my own, doing it at my pace because we wanted to go fast and we wanted to, we want everything now. Uh, but truth is, it takes time to do it, to do it mm-hmm. good, to do it uh, for do the it long well. run. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I'll be in, in 15 years, but uh, maybe like Esther Lauder having a company as yeah. a legacy for my daughter if yeah. she wants to work in the same industry. That and. Uh, who knows, but mostly most of most of everything proud of whatever I, com- I have accomplished because I, I really started from scratch and um, mm. yeah, I see great future in the brand.
0: Well, I wish you all the best with the new projects. I'm excited to hear about the infidels and what's, mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. there. And I, I know there'll be great collaborations, too, in your future. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished until now. I'm a big fan. I love the sense. And it's amazing to have a Canadian woman at the helm of a beauty company. So kudos for that. And thank you so much for talking with me today on The Brandis Female.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having
0: me. My pleasure. I hope you liked today's episode and if you did, as always, please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or the app of your choice. I'm asking because it really makes a difference. We'd love to continue the conversation on Instagram. Visit us at TheBrandIsFemale. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. A big thank you for listening to the show today.